0: Hello everybody, my name is Anna. Teatro, and welcome to the psychic matters podcast episode number 46 well I'm happy to say that we were in the final slate of 10 nominees for the people's Choice podcast awards in the religion and spirituality category which is a really huge achievement massive thanks to all of you who voted and who were so supportive commenting and cheering me on on our psychic matters Facebook group page that really did mean the world to me so thank you so much for Doing that. Unfortunately, we did not take home the award, but the good news is we do get a trophy! Hooray! The bad news is we have to pay for the trophy! Boo! $215. $215. That's about 158 quid. Now, much as I would love to have a trophy, a great memento of our achievement. If I had 158 pounds, I would rather spend it on podcast equipment or on getting an episode transcribed by somebody else so I'd have to spend a whole day doing it myself. Or I'd pay my rent, frankly. In fact, Actually, I'd rather spend it on podcast equipment and go and live in the shed. So I don't think I'll be able to afford a trophy, but hey, it's all good. I can maybe print off a piece of paper on Canva with a photo of a trophy on it, put it in a frame on the wall, and that should work, shouldn't it? If you've got any ideas, do head over to our Facebook group page. Let me know your thoughts on podcast trophies or any paranormal topic. Always happy to chat over there. Okay, so this week I have had the absolute pleasure of interviewing a very good friend of mine someone I have always looked up to this lady is a phenomenal psychic medium she is dedicated to her craft and the accuracy of her readings is incredible she has trained hard to get where she is today and she has managed to get herself through some of the hardest of life's challenges and as a result she has developed the most beautiful loving heart. I hope you enjoy every moment of this episode with my wonderful guest Dee Summers and learn through her teachings how you can embrace your spiritual gifts. I'm joined in the Psychic Matters studio today by psychic medium Dee Summers. Dee, welcome. Oh, thank you, and um, for inviting me. Oh, It's such a pleasure, Dee. I've known you for quite some time, but I don't know your personal story and what led you into mediumship because currently, where are we now, September 2021, you are at this moment, I believe, Working as a psychic medium, you're incredibly busy. You've just squeezed me into your schedule. You're a psychic medium doing all these private sittings. You're out there doing demonstrations and working. But I know that before this point, there was a big backstory. So, where would you like to
1: begin, Dee? I think I'd like to really start from the beginning. And that's when, as far back as I can remember, actually seeing spirits, which was probably two. To three years of age, because I can remember still being in a cot. It was a little bit difficult and a bit frightening because my mum was um, Italian and she was, she brought us all up as a Catholic and uh, which was great. So, but she didn't understand what was happening. And she used to tell me later on in life that I used to say to her, there was um, a gentleman walking around my Uh, room with a top hat on she said to me I used to think there's something wrong there's something wrong with my child so through my life growing up my mum used to spend her time throwing holy water on me (laughs) because she, she used to think that there was that I was mad or that I was the devil. I had all these things and it was really difficult. So she took me to to lots of doctors, to lots of priests. And it was quite sad. It, I became quite insular in myself because I didn't know who to talk to. And that caused then depression. Uh, I just went into myself. But that must have been difficult you, if you weren't able to
0: tell her what you were seeing or tell her what you were feeling and experiencing. Yes,
1: because it would just come out in maybe short snaps of things like, you know, I've just seen a lady here and she's she's um, offering me this. was I didn't realize at the time it was my grandmother, but she was offering me. She had a big bowl and it was as if she was making a cake. And then she was trying to put the wooden spoon with the actual ingredients into my mouth. It was like real, but that was scary because I didn't know who this was. I knew it wasn't real though in my head yeah. because it's like they were there and then they disappeared. So I used to say all these things and my family just honestly they thought I was mad. So I ended up going then from a Catholic school to a com- from a convent to a Protestant school. And now it started all over again. And so I became very quiet. And didn't know what to do with all this, and used to have bad nightmares and everything. And then I just want to fast forward to when I was 23. I'd been so depressed. I even thought of taking my own life, which I did try to do because there was nobody around me to tell me, you know, this is okay. This is spirit. And they're wanting you to acknowledge them so that you can work with them, which I didn't know then. My mum had a shop and one day I went down into the shop. I'd always had these feelings about things and I could hear people talking about a lady called Christina. And I don't know, it just resonated. The name resonated. And I said to my mum, who is this Christina? And she said, she's a clairvoyant. And then she went, I think you should go. And I went, oh, right. okay. you need to go because there's something wrong with you. So she said, it's my last thing that I need to do with you. I ended up going and this lady, and she saved my life. This medium saved my life. And because of her, I now try to carry on her work, which is through mental health. I remember sitting in front of her. I looked, I was 23, but I looked 33. I'd gone through a lot in my life to do with abuse, mental bullying. And all sorts, and it wasn't nice. It was, in fact, a very hard childhood. And um, she sat down, it was the first time I'd ever had a reading. She brought my nan through, who, uh, my nan on my dad's side, through, who I absolutely adored. Uh, And she actually taught me how to read. And everything, because my mum being Italian, she couldn't really speak the language, and my dad was never home, so she brought her through and said, you know, she what she was wearing. But the most thing that really did it for me was that I never liked dolls when I was younger. I, I love animals, and I liked teddy bears and everything. But I had one doll, and Christina said to me, "I have to tell you, your grandmother here is telling me." About this name that it's very significant to you. And the name was Bella. I went, Oh my God, that was the one doll that I had. And she was called Bella. Now I was listening. Now I'm thinking, This person knows things. She then told me things that I had seen that nobody knew about. And she just sort of told me about her life, which she said was the similar to what I'd been going through. And so she said, or you've been like a little fish that's been battered and battered against the rocks. Uh, But now's your time to know the reason why these things are happening to you is so that you can help people later on in your life because you will do this work, but it won't be till you're 50. And my goodness, she was right. So it took that time then. She then said to me, I'd like to come back to the circle. I didn't know what that was. I was very scared. And when I I did decide to go back, I thought it was going to be like the table was going to levitate. People were going to come out of me, you know, the ghost a bit like, like ghost with Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I decided to go back. And she said to me that if I had not gone back, she knew that I would be six foot under. And she then helped me for seven years to get me right because I thought that I was going mad. And so I was in her development circle, but I then used to take her everywhere. And she used to do a lot of platform reading, lots of services. And she helped so many people because like she said to me, If you haven't gone through all these things in your life, how can you help somebody else? If you've not weeped yourself, if you haven't gone through all those emotions, how are you going to be able to help people? Yes, your mediumship's going to come in, but you want to be healing people, helping them, especially through mental health, because people may be wanting to try and commit suicide or they're at a very bad place with grief All sorts of reasons really come out of very bad relationships. And she said, because you use that as an imprint when you're going into doing a reading with somebody, spirit will work with you where they'll give you that vision they'll give you in your mind's eye a situation that you were in so that when you start talking about what's going on in their life you can go back to that time when it happened to you so you can give more empathy and that helps Then, and then what happens is as you're talking you're starting to heal as well with your words and that's what Christina gave to me and that's how I do my readings and I also help people that were like me who see things and feel things and they're scared and and now I can say no it's okay you need to go here you need to go and see this person or come with me and I'll help you that's how it sort of started where I started to believe in it But going forward again, I still was scared of seeing spirit. I blocked it down. I'd shut it down. Visually, I didn't want to see them because I was too scared. Then one day uh, where it really started was my sister, unfortunately, suddenly died. She'd gone into hospital. She was going for an x-ray. And as she got up from the bed, she had an embolism and died straight away so it was a real shock when she was only 34 and we used to laugh about the spirit world she used, she was very witty and very funny and she never really believed it even though she was quite psychic herself you know uh, but she used to be really funny and laugh about it so we went to the hospital um, myself and my mom and my partner and I remember my I think my brother was in Hong Kong at the time uh, my sister my dad was in Ireland uh, my sister was in. Um, I think she was at the traffic Centre, and she didn't have a phone on. So it all ended up that you know we got mom in the car. We got to the to uh, the hospital. Highfield it was a private hospital, and she was when we got there. She was still warm. I know that sounds awful. But she was still warm. My mom, or oh, well, you can imagine losing your daughter. She went over. I just remember and standing at the bottom of the bed with my partner, Yanni. And my mom had her arms over my sister Marina and she was crying. And all of a sudden, and even my partner to this day, he felt this, between us, it went really cold. And then I looked down and she was smaller than me. So I'm about five two, she was about, she's about four, four foot 11. And she always used to hold you and put her head on your shoulder. And I felt this very light pressure of somebody putting their head on my shoulder. And as I turned around, Anne, she was there. I'm going cold now. She was confused, Anne. She was so confused. And this is what she gave me. And she didn't understand why my mum was crying, and she didn't understand why she was still in the bed because she was next to me. And I had to turn round to her and say, marina you're dead and she was like no i said you're dead and that's how i had to say it it's almost like she disappeared but she was still there they had to take her to another more to take her to a morgue which was a hospital called um, Birch Hill and she never wanted to go to this hospital in her life and they said to me we're taking us to Birch Hill do you want to meet us there I thought oh god no she don't like this hospital we got in the car I wasn't driving Yanni was driving and I was in the passenger seat and as clear as day and as you can see my face my sister appeared just her face but it was almost in the windscreen So, what they say to you, Anne, is when you die, that you see a video of your life go in front of you. And do you know something? I saw a video of my sister's life and my life together. Now, it wasn't all the good things, (laughs) it was all the things where we may have hurt one another, said things we didn't realize we'd hurt one another. And it was all those things that came. And you know what? It was so amazing because. I went, oh, Marina, I'm so sorry. I did not realise. And she went, I'm going to forgive you. And I hope you forgive me because I feel the same. I'm so sorry. And do you know what? I think that's why I was able to continue and help the family because we forgave one another there and then. When we got to the hospital, Al, we got to the morgue. She was not there. Her spirit had gone. I thought, oh, my God. And so then trying to explain to the family, they weren't having any of this. But going forward, eventually, they all had their own uh, little pockets of feeling my sister. And uh, they started to now realise that there was something that I'd got. And that was really when it really did start my mediumship really started to go from that point because when she passed I did see her quite a lot and she was showing me things in the spirit world things that I you know you just can't make up but I did keep it quite quiet because of people saying the way I was and then I just got on with my career in my life um but people started to say to me oh you're a witch (laughs) well I'm not a witch if I'm a a white witch if you like and they used to ask me things you know we tell me something you know and so I I did that through my life and then but I became um, a wedding and event planner and it used to be really funny because I had my own shop I had quite a lot of staff and it used to be really funny because when my clients used to come to me and I used to do like a consultation, they used to say, oh, my God, it's like you've got in my head. You know exactly what I want for my wedding, <laughs> you know, and uh, I used to laugh to myself because I thought, I know this is this is my intuition. This is my psychic ability. And you know what? It really helped. It helps my job. And so what happened, though? Everybody wanted me then to do their weddings because I knew what they wanted and I was in their head. It started to then make sense, all these things. So it wasn't until then I lost everything in my life, which was the second time and I was nearly homeless and my partner left and I lost my business and everything Um, that, you know, when you're on the floor again, I remember coming up to... 50 like Christina had said because she'd said I'd have a career and I was so down trying to find somewhere for my son and I to live and the cats because we weren't leaving the cats and I was in bed one evening and I suddenly heard my name being called but it wasn't frightening and it was D D and I sat up and I thought oh Goodness. And then I had a bag, like a Tesco bag on the floor, and it was rustling. And I thought, oh no, the cats have bought a little mouse in, little field mice, because we live up in the, you know, on the fields, on the hills. So I got up and I looked in the bag. There was nothing in there. It was just a tissue. I thought, oh dear. Got back in bed. And then I started hearing all this knocking on the wardrobes. And I thought, oh, now one time Anne, um, I'd have been scared. But you know, I just thought there's something. There's something in this, and you know, the weird thing is, I actually went onto a psychic line in the middle of the night, and I started to speak to this this guy. I remember he was called Patrick because I was so low and everything. I hadn't told him all these things was happening to me, and he just said to me, "Do you know that you should that you can do this work? You can help so many people." And I went, "No, I can't." He said, "Yes, you can." He said, you need to go to, and he told me the college, the Arthur Finley College of Psychic Science um, and Spiritualism. And I didn't even know what that was. And he said, look it up. And he actually gave me the name of a medium, which was Tim Abbott. And as soon as I got off that psychic line, the next day I rang Tim and he said, I can't believe you've got me because I'm normally everywhere else. And then he told me about... A course at the Arthur Finlay Col- College with Libby Clark, which was to do with almost like, so you want to be a medium type of thing. He said, I'm on that course, but it won't be till June. And this was in January. Well, and I got on, I booked the course, didn't know what I was doing. I ended up going there. I was on my own and I got there and I was so scared because it looks like it's a beautiful manor house, but it looked like Hogwarts. And they called it Spook's Hall. And I'm thinking, oh, no, oh, my God, what am I doing? And um, as I started, we have to fill all these forms in. And it says, you know, do you take circles? Do you do, you know, do you do services? Do you do one-to-one readings? And and I'm like, oh, I don't do any of these. I'm just psychic. That's what I know. That's, that's all I put on the paper. And I went into this room and at the Arthur Finley College. I'm going to pause you.
0: I'm going to pause you. We want to hear all about the Arthur Finney College and what happened then, but you've just given us so much. I want to go back a bit before I come to the next bit of the story. Is that all right, Dee? Yeah, no, Um, please. Because this is just so brilliant. The Arthur Finney College, it's just so funny, isn't it? When we do feel that lack of confidence because we don't have all these things that everyone else is doing. But before we get there, let's just go back to your early Childhood, when you said you were experiencing things, yes, what were those things that you were experiencing? Were you seeing spirit people walk through the room? Were you just feeling what were the experiences? If you could just sum those up,
1: so I was actually physically seeing people, so they were walking through a door, you know. Um, there was always I could hear people chattering and it was in the room I fit I felt like somebody was somebody I think he was like a Quaker that but he was dressed in black and he was always looking over me and that's where I was scared because it was like a shadow and I didn't know what it was and then I would go in to we had a big cellar and to put the light on you had to walk through the through the cellar to turn it on and as I'm walking through in the darkness I'm hearing somebody calling my name but my Italian name which you know was like freaked me out because nobody called me by that name only my mum and she was upstairs in the shop so it was things like that and then I really like history and when we used to go to castles and um you know to these stately homes I would get feelings or I'd know there was something there and then my mum and dad they bought a farmhouse 16th century and oh my god I did not want to go there but I ended up staining all the beams because I'm very creative and very arty and painting and I just didn't want to go up there on my own because I was so sensitive now to these feelings and now I would welcome it but then I didn't and this is when it got very strong and this is just before my sister passed away the door would open the um, barn door would open then you'd hear footsteps upstairs do you know what I mean? I'm sure. Yeah, you
0: know yeah, the footsteps upstairs are kind of disconcerting, aren't they? Or you can hear someone in the other room or talking. You're like, oh, yeah. And children running around. Yes, yes, yeah. You I've know, heard children running around as well. Yeah. But talk to me, Dee, about the Quaker dressed in black. And I'll tell you why, because this is how Spirit got my attention in Did my that? 30s by this, what I hadn't really thought about it until you said it, like a Quaker dressed yeah. in
1: black, yeah. a big hat. Yes, and the big buckles on his shoes. Yeah. I remember that, the black shoes with big buckles on and almost like a, a cape. Yeah. But I, I don't know why I knew he was a Quaker. Yeah, it's I just, funny. I just had that feeling. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and when I was with Christina and we were developing, she – Um, would say to me, oh, this gentleman's just gone up the stairs. If something was to, because I ended up staying at her, you know, renting a room with her um, for a while. And um, he used to just like run up her stairs and she would see him. And I know he'd gone up if something was happening that was not good. He seemed to be there. So I'm wondering if he was, I still don't really know now, if he was there to protect me.
0: Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I was so frightened of my Quaker when I first saw him and I could see him clear as day. Nobody else could see him, but I could really see him. I couldn't understand why other people can't see what is so clearly in the doorway. And then I think during a meditation one day I said, look, I'm frightened of you. Please, can you present to me in a different way? And he came dressed in white, instead of black. And oh, then wow. it somehow made it a lot more uh, palatable yes. easy for me to, yes. to accept that. But that's yes. so interesting really. um, And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast will say That's happened to me. This has happened to me.
1: Yeah, And this is
0: why I started the podcast, D, just so that people have got something, you know, to learn from and to understand they're not on their own and that we've all had these very strange experiences. So um, go forward then. And you were talking about you'd got as far as the AFC and you were walking into the class. You you talked about Tim Abbott and Libby Clark. And you're just walking. You'd filled out your form. And you were feeling like, I'm just a psychic. I don't do any of these things. So take up the story from there.
1: It was really funny because the first day that I walked in, I I got into the lift. I was so scared. And there was lovely Helen DeVita there. uh, She said, oh, you look really scared. There's nothing to be scared about. I went, oh, I don't want to see any ghosts. That's how I said it. And she she started laughing. (laughs) And she said, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll enjoy it. So I went to my room and at the Arthur Finley College, you really have to share with people uh, because it's quite old, isn't it? So yeah, it is not it So It's almost like dormitories, isn't it? Yeah, it's dormitories, and I remember, yeah. I remember going into this room and there was two beds and, um, and I was really still scared, thinking, oh no, what am I doing here? And then uh, this lady walked in and she had like a bag but something in it under her arm. So now I am scared, thinking ghosts are going to come out and what am I doing here? And um, she said, oh, I hope you don't mind. I've got my husband's ashes here. And I I looked at her and I thought, oh, my God. And she said, um, because I'm going to bury him in the garden because you can have, like, uh, remembrance um, seats and trees and things like that, which I didn't know then. And she said, but I've had him in the cupboard for three years. and." I was beside myself, <laughs> and <laughs> well, she said, "I'm not surprised. It's a strange thing, isn't it?" And 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 she said to me, "You know, is that okay?" And I said, "Well," uh, and I, was, I couldn't speak, and I just went, "Well, you might as well put him in the cupboard here because he's, he's been in the wardrobe for three years. What's another couple of days going to do?" <laughs> so we started laughing, right? And um, and then, as you know, you become really good friends with your roommate, don't you? You do. You do and uh, I remember then going down and you use you, you go to the, di- the dining room table and then from the actual list that you you know you've put down if you're psychic if you do services and all these things and I'm thinking what am I doing here mm-hmm. uh, they then put you into different groups of your you know if you're a beginner um if you're you know um sort of in the middle type of thing, advanced mediumship. And I was in Libby Clark's group. And Libby Clark has been the person that really helped me and started me off. I just remember sitting in the group, you'll know this, Anne, and she went round the group And everybody was saying, oh, yes, um, I do readings and I do services and I do this. And I thought, please don't come to me because I don't do anything. And I don't know what you're talking about. Can I go home? (laughs) Yeah. So she came to me and I was the last person. And she just really looked at me with those deep blue eyes. And she went, now, you're not telling me everything, are you? And I went, oh, I am, I am. Anyway, she said, you know, there's a lot there that you are frightened of. But I can tell you now, by the time that we finish at the end of this week, you will have done a full circle and embrace what you have and what you see. Yeah. And uh, and that's how it started. It was a wonderful week. I made the most fabulous friends, saw the most wonderful tutors, because you not only was I with Libby, you do see other uh, tutors, as you know. And I grew and my sister was there and I had so many messages of proof and evidence. And at the beginning, I couldn't even string a sentence along, you know, Um, it was just one words. But by the end of it, I started to be able to give a message learning. You've got to really remove that brain of ours that's so busy put it to one side so that you can channel the spirit world and there was a lot of meditation and it was amazing and from then on when I went home I then sat and meditated every day for nearly two years and went back to the Arthur Finley College quite a few times in different courses and then I started to be able to do my one-to-ones, uh, do church services and um and that's how it came but it was later on in life it was in you know 50 and now I've been people say to me how long have you been doing it I think well God, I've been doing it since I was three but professionally I want to say I'm giving my age away here (laughs) you know 10 years yeah 10 years now and I love my work I love it
0: and did you feel after that Probably the first day at the Arthur Finney College that you'd found your people.
1: I felt like I'd come home. This is where I belonged all my life, and I didn't know it until that day. And I feel sad that it took me to 48 to, to find it and to not want to sort of do something to myself, sabotage myself, hurt myself, because I thought I was mad. And I realized that no, I wasn't. And now, if I can, I will always, if I see that in somebody that was like me, I will always say, it's okay. It's normal, whatever you perceive you're normal to be. Yeah. And that's how really it's come to me later, although I've always had it.
0: And did your mother live to see you become a professional psychic medium? Is she still with yes. us? Yes.
1: No, she passed um, oh, it's four years ago now, but she became my biggest supporter. No way. And my dad, because my dad never believed it. How so, did that happen? How did that turnaround come? I think it was when my mom got cancer. And you know what? She was a medium, but she was too scared.
0: I was going to say, if she could she was too scared, scared spirit yeah. walking through your bedroom when you were little and blaming you for the spirit person, then
1: she was a psychic uh, 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 um Exactly. Herself she was she started to see my sister but then I would tell her your dad's here you know and I'd tell her something that she hadn't even told me and then a brother died and I told her things about how he passed and she started to get a because you know her family was still in Italy and she'd been she'd been in England since she was 23 so she was in her 70s then and she got a lot of comfort she knew then, Oh, I know exactly as well when it was really quite poignant was her sister's son's little boy died, Eduardo, he was called, and he was a twin and he was only five. That's so tragic. And my mum said to her sister in Italy called Anna and said, you know what, by my Italian name, Marcella, she... She, she can see the spirit world. And Anna, for some reason, said, can I send a photograph? Can, you know, can she do something? And it was at that point the, the photograph was sent from Italy. And, oh, my goodness, I picked up so much about this little boy. And even down to a fireman's helmet that he had, a toy fireman's helmet, which he had on and um, this red ball that he kicked around with his twin brother, even though he was in the spirit world and his twin brother was here, his twin brother was seeing Eduardo. So there was lots of evidence, which is what I like. And it was at that point, my mom went, oh my God, there's something here. And it really helped my auntie, you know, and then to go back and tell the family. And that's, I think is when it happened. And then my parents both came to a service and then when you're giving messages to so many different people and they were like, Oh my goodness. Yeah. But my dad then became such a proud person. Aww. You know, and but he's in the spirit world now. So I always say, Come on, dad, help me.
0: Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. And that's how it happened. And so what do you think you could advise the people that are listening
0: who are having whatever age they may be, because it can happen at any time, as we know, if they're having these experiences of perhaps thinking they're seeing people, hearing noises, uh, maybe hearing chatter, feeling people sitting on the bed next to them, or being aware, as you said, when you've had a beautiful experience of your sister's head on your shoulder, what can they do to help themselves?
1: Well, to me, I would try and go and see a medium. Because I say you can go and see a psychic medium, but I just feel that you need to see a medium because that person, as they bring evidence through, they can also tap into to see that you're getting all these things and to put your mind at rest, that it's okay. And that maybe to understand it is to try to get yourself into a circle. And that's a circle is with somebody who takes it, who tutors, tells you um, how to sit in your own power. I know people call it a meditation, but yes, you do a meditation, but then you learn to sit in your own power with people that are like minded, not people that are going to doubt you or say things because that's the best way you need to to do what your soul wants you to do. And that is I would say go and see a medium, because a lot of people that come to see me, they've been to to see you know, like psychiatrists or you know, consultants, because they have experienced these these things. I mean, like if, if I'd had what I'd had in years ago, I'd probably be put in asylum, you know. And I've said to them, "You're not going mad," but if you go to see somebody like a counsellor, which I've seen many, it's it's good. But it's not in another way because it's all one to ten. How do you feel today? Do you want to um, take your own life? What do you want to do? It's quite cold. and If you're a sensitive person, you need to speak to somebody who actually already sees what your life's being. So you've got the empathy. And that is how what I would say is go and see a medium. I had a gentleman uh, who came the other day, young man, and he said his wife had told him to come. And he was very nervous and he sat down with me. And as soon as he sat down with me, I said, I have your daughter here in the spirit world, but she's seven. But she passed when she was two weeks old. And I said, you are having these regrets and feeling guilty that you could have done something more. Because I know that it was something to do with the medication. And you feel that if you'd have given her this medication, she'd still be here today. And he just started crying out. And I just went, I want you to know, this is how she looks, blonde hair, and it was wavy and everything. And she's brought a heart with her, like a, like a, a wooden heart, but in red. And she wants to give this to you because that was her time to go. And there was nothing that you could have done to save her. And I said, she wants you... To let you know as well, she was wrapped in a blue blanket, even though she she's a girl. And he looked at me and she actually looks like you've got another daughter now and they look very similar. So I then explained how this person look, And I want to give you this heart from her. And what I didn't realize was it was Father's Day coming up the following day. Because I said, this is a gift for you. There's some right. sort of celebration that wasn't in my head. And then he just went, I need to stop you there. Well, and I thought, oh, no, what have I said? But with, honestly, I think i would not even done 10 minutes. He said, I'm never going to go to a medium again. And I thought, oh, no, my heart sunk.
0: Yeah.
1: And then he just went, the reason why I'm not going to go to a medium is within 10 minutes, I feel like I can close the chapter on seven years of hurt and seeing counsellors because you have given me closure mm. and I feel I can go on with my life and knowing that she is happy, she's growing up in the spirit world and that I didn't do anything wrong. Mm. And, uh, and it's Father's Day, he said, tomorrow. And I just thought, job done. And that's what it's all about, Anne.
0: Yeah, that's a beautiful story and a very good example of how mediums can... Heal. Help heal. Oh goodness, yes. Mm. And so um how does somebody find a medium then D? So that's great recommendation. I totally endorse it. <laughs>
1: but how do they find one? How do they how do they know who to choose? Well, for me it's it goes off recommendation. So you probably the best thing is to go if you're not on social media media, but go on social media and put in, a you know, who would recommend a medium, either close by, some people like yourself can do it on Zoom, I tend to do it in person, I I prefer that one-to-one interaction, and that's how I get a lot of my business, but I've been doing it a while now, so a lot of people know me, you know, but it is really recommendation, because you want to go to the right person, because not every medium is the right person for you, but I would go on social media, put it on Facebook or Instagram. Does anybody know of a really good medium and get the recommendation? Because it's difficult to do it now. You can go on online and go on to Google, but that's another way you can see their testimonials. So I think because it's it's so difficult these days because people don't really advertise anymore. Mm -hmm. So that's I, I would suggest that you do that. That's how most people find me. Yeah.
0: And do your research as well, I would say, you know, once you find someone definitely they've been oh, recommended definitely. to you, then research them yourself. See how they feel to you. Does that feel yeah. right with you? Does that sit right with you? I guess you could also go to your local spiritualist church who would have a list of mediums.
1: That Absolutely, you- yes. Because I don't do this. Uh, services anymore because I've just been full on with people wanting to book in private readings but yes of course and churches are now open so and it's a good way as well to experience a medium and think oh is this for me and you can start thinking about it and absolutely Yes, you'd yeah, find yeah. a good person then, and then D. Just for for people who
0: are listening to this podcast who are developing their their own mediumship. Yes, taking you back, you are talking about you know we as mediums often have very tragic lives, very difficult and challenging mm. things that we've been through so we have this empathy and you were talking about sometimes spirit will use our own experiences that will touch our mind and that is part of the message from them to their loved one that's sitting in front of us as a medium but the question I get asked by my students is how do I know that it's not my conscious mind bringing that memory forward how do I know that's coming from the spirit world
1: That's a really good question. I think when you start learning or developing to be a medium, it is hard to distinguish. But as you move forward, what happens to me now is it's almost like that it's like a television set. So it's like I have two television sets. (laughs) And I have one at the front of my head and one at the back. And the one at the front is almost like the psychic ability. And it's like I'm watching a movie. And I know it's not me because what I'm being shown, although it's giving me maybe an impression of something that happened to me, it's actually, or I think the best way to describe this is I had another gentleman that came oh, and um, he was very sceptical he said to me, I gave him so much evidence about his cousin in the spirit world, but he said to me, I want you to tell me, and oh, I hate it when they do this, what's the name of my new business? And oh my goodness. So the only way to explain this, they showed me on this television set, my son with his control controller on the Xbox. So I said, I don't know why, but I keep getting a control, a controller. And then he said to me, oh, that's the name of my business, control. And I went, oh, so it's something as simple as that that gives you, you know, I mean, that could have been psychic, which I think it is, but it's that's what I'm trying to say. How would I know that? But that's how it happened. But I I seem to know the difference now. I don't, my mind just doesn't come into it. Because there are things that they show you, but it's only a little bit of a hint to help you to get then into the message, into that person. Because the
0: longer you work as a medium and the more that you work with the spirit world and you're in that flow of information, you know it comes from, you just know. And yeah. you you know when you're out of that power, you know also when you your conscious mind rises and that it's coming from your conscious mind. And you also yes. know what you're complacently feeling and what's coming from your psychic awareness. So you do know as you develop which bit is which, but it does take a long time, doesn't it? To get to know what is what.
1: And what I didn't tell you about that story is I said to him control. He went, yeah, that's what it's called. And I thought that's a really strange name, but it was spelt with a Q and it was quantrol. Oh, wow. Now, That's amazing, isn't it? How would I have ever got that unless the spirit world put that little picture in front of me and my little television set for the spirit world at the back of my head? (laughs) It's interesting. I've got a similar
0: story. When I was trying to get the name – I was – standing with spirit and they were showing me a department store and I knew that I was in not in London the buildings were taller that I could see in my mind's eye and I knew it was a busy city so then I knew I was in New York then I could see myself in front of Macy's but I said I can see the sign on the shop but it's not Macy I said this lady's giving me the name Masti, Mas, Mas, Masti, Masti. And they said, oh, my God, that was her name. It was um, it was an African name. I think I think it was African. Yamasti was her name. Ah. I mean, that's not in my frame of reference. At no, all, no. But that was the nearest they could give me to bring round that
1: unusual name. Exactly. So and it, it is. It's so interesting. And I love it when they do things like that. It's beautiful. So um, you also said that
0: you're a trained Reiki master and part of your work that you do with people is obviously there's a lot of healing involved when it comes to you. So how do you use your Reiki alongside your
1: mediumship? Well, I started doing the Reiki and I was a Reiki practitioner really to hide behind that I was a medium (laughs) because I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't really want to say anything to anybody because I didn't feel I don't know I'm proud now to say I'm a medium but I wasn't then so this is why I then decided to do all my Reiki courses and then I became a Reiki master and practitioner and the energies are different though for me from doing Reiki to then doing mediumship it's very strong when I'm doing the Reiki, a lot of healing. And um, and I have helped people regarding uh, another lady where I was doing the healing. And um, that night she ended up in hospital. And I was like, oh, my goodness. But what they'd found is that she'd got cancer, breast cancer. And what ha- I thought I brought this on. But then what happened was it was if, she, if I hadn't have done what I'd done, she said to me they wouldn't have found it. So I then started to realize there's a lot of healing here with me. And so I also picked up quite a lot of spirit world as well. But what happened is that in a way it scared me because the power of the Reiki is so strong that I was finding that people were finding things and having to go to the doctors and I'm thinking, oh, I don't want this, even though I know it helped them. So what I did was I then went more into, and this is when I went to the Arthur Finley College on probably the, I think I might've been in my third year because once you start, it's honest to goodness, it, it's like an addiction. And especially when you feel like you've come home. And I started to see that I think I got a message and somebody said, you heal with your words, you can do it in your mediumship. And so I then came away from the reiki and then started to to do these one to ones, and I feel so much healing comes through in what I say. But also before COVID, you could put hands on. Sometimes I used to say, "Can I hold your hands?" And then you'd send, and my hands would go so hot. And with spirit, you're so cold. So it was like real, you know, honestly it was um, quite confusing sometimes, but that's really how I do the healing now. It's through
0: my readings. That's really beautiful, Dee. Thank you for sharing that. And then just before we finish, talk to us a little bit about how mediumship changes over the years as we use it, because you mentioned at the beginning that at first you saw spirit and now you don't see them so much. Now you sense them or you feel them. So how has Mm. mediumship changed for you?
1: I don't actually see them physically anymore. And I think there's still that fear where you go back to a child. But I feel, I sense, I have a knowing and it's so strong now. And it's become because of practice. It's like there's a muscle there and you've got to keep it. You've got to keep it going. My mediumship has changed in the way that I really feel the connection now with the spirit world. And it's such a lovely feeling, but it it takes, it's taken a long time to really make sure that it's almost like I said before, you're removing your brain, everything and putting it to one side and feeling it with your soul, your connection to them, to their soul because I know you do a lot of this soul to soul, don't you? Yes. I feel that is my connection. I go soul to soul. What is it they need at that moment? And that's what's happening. It's the needs of that person. So they may come wanting something, but they will get what they need at that time to help them to move forward. So, you know, it's okay maybe giving them a few things for the future which I don't really do because I'm not a fortune teller. You have to go on to Blackpool Pleasure Beach for that. But I want to help them with today. How do they get from today to their future? And I want to inspire them and feel like, do you know what? I can do this because life is hard. It is hard. But I can do this. That's what I try to inspire in my readings. And that's where it's changed, Anne. And especially during COVID, so many people didn't get to see their loved ones when they passed or and still having trouble mentally. And and teenagers, oh my goodness. So I'm even having people coming with their daughters or their sons and sitting with me so that I can help them, well, it's not me, it's a spirit world, it's a, all the senses, like a counsellor. And I love, that's the way my work's gone, almost like a spiritual counsellor. And you know I love that because it's it gets to them and you can get into their psyche, if you like. So when you're saying something to them, they understand it because that is what's happened to them. Oh, so now I'm going to listen. I had another young girl that came with a grandmother because she didn't want to live. Her brother had died and she just wanted to kill herself and be with her brother. And the, the, the beautiful thing about that, with how my mediumship has changed, is because I could see what she was doing and why she was feeling this way. But also at the same time, because I know quite a lot about the spirit world, because of my sister taking me there and showing me that I know that she wouldn't be with her brother if she'd taken her own life. She would see him, but she would be into like a hospital, like you would hear, but, you know, for you'd have counselling. And she's got a, a beautiful life ahead of her. And she's, you know, you need to continue your studies. It's going to be something, you know, it's, you're going to change where you're going, but it's going to be right for you. So it's all this talking and healing that's coming with my mediumship now, but I'm using all my senses. And I think it's the way it is today. The world's so different um, and it's tough for everybody in different ways.
0: But that's so beautiful. I mean, it's tragic that you've gone through your own awful challenges and terrible experiences, but it's beautiful that you can use that as a gift to help other people now.
1: Absolutely. I, I've always had a, a like a mantra, which I've always kept to. I, 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 you know, I, I found it. Funny enough, before you, you we came on air, if you like, I found it um, this morning because I was, we've had a lot of building work. So things were in boxes. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, this is what I've been trying to do all my life. And I feel proud about this. Uh, and I'll read it to you. It says, I shall pass through this world but once. And any good, therefore, that I can do or any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now. Let me not defer or neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. Oh. And I thought that I've always tried to do that. I've tried to always be live a spiritual way, even though I've, there has been lots of very tragic things happen to me. throughout my life and I've had to get over them but if you can still keep that in your heart forgiveness kindness do you know what things will open up for you you start healing yourself and loving yourself yeah because that's the one thing that we don't do yeah
0: and it's so important starts with us doesn't it
1: it absolutely does
0: So I have been the recipient, lucky recipient of um, a few readings from you over the years. And it's just having a reading from you, Dee Summers, is so beautiful. It's such a healing experience. And the reason is you give so much love and total focus on your client and so listen to and feel into them that it's just Mm. you leave... Literally leave feeling so uplifted and so healed. So, if somebody from who's listening to this podcast wants to come and see you, how do they get in touch with you? How do they book an appointment?
1: If you can, if you have Facebook or Instagram, you just need to really go on there. My phone number's there, you know, just text me a message and I'll get back to you straight away. Well, as soon as I can.
0: Is this in person? Do you read online or do you just do in person? No, I tend to do up
1: in person. Okay. And whereabouts um, are yeah. you
0: in the world for those? Hours. I'm in Manchester. And you're out and about, aren't you, on the road doing um, demonstrations? Where can people find you demonstrating if they wanted to come and see you?
1: Oh, well, that that might be a difficult one because it's normally people have done where they have organised it and yeah. they yeah. they get the, you know, it could be at a restaurant. Oh, so, fine. So if people you want
0: you, they'll book you and then
1: they, yeah. they organise the event. They so organise yes. it and there's people there as well. Nice. But we, I do do parties where I do come out yeah. to somebody's house where there's you can have, you know, up to 10, 12 people. As long as you're not too far. I mean, sometimes I just have to put a little bit of travel expenses on, then I'll come out.
0: That's fabulous. And... You haven't mentioned in your whole life story to us that you were a dancer. Yes.
1: Tell us about that, Dee. Oh, goodness. So I was a Latin American dancer. I used to be in the Greater Manchester Formation Team. I also used to be in the British Team. And I used to do, before Strictly Dancing, um, there was a programme called Come dancing uh, which Bruce Forsyth did at that time as well and Angela Rippon and so I used to be on that quite a lot (laughs) and uh, yeah it was it was fabulous. So brilliant I just love that about
0: you that you have this showbiz background and that you're this beautiful dancer and doing all these wonderful shows.
1: Yeah and I used to do the theatre as well so I used to do shows as well and singing and yeah, you know, I love that side of it, but mainly um, my life has been. First of all, was um, working in catering, having our own restaurant with my mum because she was an amazing chef. And then from there, we then started a business up, which was um, called the Wedding Bureau. So we used to do all weddings. So I did that really for most of my life and had my own business and everything. And. In between those times as well, I sort of had a little breakaway from it, well, I say a breakaway, about nine years, where I then worked for um, uh, Givenchy and uh, in, you know, the big stores, Kendall's, and I worked for um, Kenzo Isimiaki. So I was like the manager there. And so that was fabulous. You know that sort of really taught me how to sell, if you like. Yeah. And so I, I loved it. I went everywhere, and I used to win all sorts of things. But um, and then that, that helped me then with my own business with the weddings, yeah. uh, which I said to you, the consultations were brilliant because I, <laughs> I knew what was going on. Yeah. Hard work, seven days a week, but you know what? That was my that was my life, and it's um, now I'm now full on doing my readings which I absolutely adore and I can pull on that you know people still ask me to do weddings but I'm like no not doing anymore um, I just want to do what I do now
0: yeah. And you're so good at it. You have got a, oh, a long client yeah. list, haven't you, as well? Yes. Waiting <laughs> you. So I know you're really busy. So I really, you know, we all really hugely appreciate you making time to come on the podcast and just talk about the work that you do and, and just go through all of that with us. It's so interesting talking to you, dear. I could talk to you forever and ever.
1: Oh, um, thank you. Oh, I don't even think that. But at the end of the day, I really appreciate that you asked me. And um, this is the first time I've ever had to talk about myself if you like and um, um, it's been my pleasure and and I'm so happy that you found it interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah no it was so interesting Dee I think what's so wonderful is you're so honest about everything Mm. that's happened and you're very real and people live real lives and they need real help so. Yes yes
1: well I know because I was one of them walking this earth like like a zombie like not knowing where to go what to do with my life and you know as soon as someone sits in front of me my heart goes out to them in whichever way that they need i hope to always try to help them or i hope that maybe a word resonates with them because you know sometimes people can just say something to you and you you take it with you for the rest of your life sometimes it can be a bad thing But then there's always the positive one is the one that that you rely on and you go back to and it pushes you forward. You always remember those things. And um, that's why I always try to be inspiring because I know that's what I would have wanted. I wanted somebody. I needed somebody for nearly all my life. And so if I can do that, that's what warms my heart, and that's what me- makes me do the job I do and why I love it. D
0: Summers, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Anne. D Summers, everybody. Do go over to her Facebook page and if you're lucky enough to live in the Manchester area of the UK or you would like to take a road trip that way, do book yourself a reading with her. I know she also does psychic parties, as she's mentioned. So if you wanted to get a few friends together for an evening or if you've got something exciting planned, do get in touch with Dee on her Facebook page. All the resources for this episode and all episodes, in fact, including full transcript and importantly, how to reach D are over on my website under podcasts. So do head over there and you can pick everything up on the show notes and teato.com, A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O dot And have a little explore while you're over there. I've got some wonderful courses coming up that you might thoroughly enjoy. If you are enjoying these podcasts, please can I ask you to go to iTunes, find the podcast Psychic Matters, scroll down and you'll see at the bottom a little button you can click on to write an honest review. If you've got an Android phone, you can also leave reviews on Stitcher. Written podcast reviews are so important in helping move the podcast up the podcast charts, which obviously I examine in great detail every week to see how we're doing. So if you feel able to leave a written review, that would be just amazing. I'll be back with you in two weeks time with another incredible guest. You're going to love who my next guest is as well. Meanwhile, have a great fortnight, everybody. Take care. Once again, my name is Anne Teato and thank you so very much for listening to Psychic Matters.